And so I just want to take a moment uh, and just spend a little bit of time talking about that light that we experienced yesterday. And uh, I remember one of my sons, my youngest son, uh, having a conversation with my wife and I and began with him saying the day he woke up. You know, he, was, he, he, he didn't remember his year one and his year two and, and not much of his year three, but he said, at one moment, I just, I was here. I woke up. And I was alive. And I know y'all told me y'all were my mom and dad, and I believed you, but it just, I remember waking up. And so often, that's thought that we have in our mind when it comes to serving Christ and coming to this new life that we have in Christ. So I'm so thankful that you're here today because I believe everyone that's here was ordained by God to hear this message, to receive of him as we look at and we think about being not in darkness. And that's the message, the title of the message today is not in darkness. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 1 through 4. Not in darkness. Anybody in here woke up? Amen. <laughs> so here's what it says. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your word today. Father, we thank you for your tremendous light. And Lord, we thank you that we walk in light and not in darkness. Lord, speak to our hearts this day, your engrafted word, that's able to save, deliver, and set free and that you may be glorified in us. In Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen. So as we take a moment just to think about this passage of Scripture and reflect on church in Thessalonica, this was one of the churches that the Apostle Paul went to and he ministered the gospel of Jesus Christ. And many came to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But as we look in the book of Acts, the 17th chapter, it depicts and tells us a little bit about what's happening here in Thessalonica. So Paul is preaching in the temple. He's sharing the gospel. And there are many that are believing, Jew and Gentile, Greeks. And then there are also those who don't believe. And they come against the apostle Paul. They come against the people that have given their life over to the Lord. And the Bible depicts in the book of Acts that they stir up an uproar. In other words, there is chaos in the land of Thessalonica. Because of this new gospel, because of these words that are being spoken, that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. And so they reject that, and they come against Paul, and they come against others. And now there is false teaching, there is uproar, there's things going on. And we see Paul reminding them at the last portion of 1st Thessalonians as he's concluding the writing to the church in Thessalonica he says but the times and the season brethren you have no need that I write to you for yourselves know perfectly 
that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. He's saying there are those that are trying to predict when Christ will come back, when he'll come back for his church and come back for his kingdom. But he says, because you don't walk in darkness, you know. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. That no man knows the day or the hour, but let us be ready in season and out of season to give an answer of the hope and the glory that's within us. And so as we look at this, there is some prophetic word that's been given here that Jesus Christ is coming back. That he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. And not because we could wipe all the spots away, not because we could iron all the wrinkles out of ourselves, but because Christ did it for us. That he went on the cross of Calvary and he died for your sins and my sins. That we would be righteous in Christ. And that we'd be able to stand before a holy God who is light. And so it's so important that we understand. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to look at this idea of what he's telling us here in 1 Thessalonians 5. What he's saying is, in, in a nutshell, be who you are. Now that you have come to accept Christ, if you haven't accepted Christ, we're going to have an opportunity today. And I hope that you make that the decision of your life. But he's saying here, you know, so be who you are. Be the child that God has called you to be. Be the son that, of the living God. Be who you are and don't walk in darkness. He's saying that God made us sons of light and day, not of darkness and the night. See, there was a time past that we used to go after the ways of darkness and the ways of the world. We can see that in Isaiah. Turn with me there. Isaiah, the ninth chapter, verse 2. See, Isaiah is also a prophetic book where Isaiah is, is speaking to the people and reminding them and giving them warnings that God is sending a Savior. And so keep our eyes open, be watchful, be looking for him. He says, because we're living in this world, and at, at the moment that Adam and Eve, at the moment they sinned against God, darkness fell upon all mankind. Death fell on all of mankind. And we were literally walking as blind men and women. But Isaiah, the ninth chapter, verse 2 says this, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them have the light shined. See, when Jesus Christ came, he brought light into the world. That we would no longer walk in darkness, but in newness of life. See, and they started rejoicing. They started saying, rejoice, for the Lord has come. That no longer do we have to be walking in death, no longer do we have to be walking in darkness, but when we accept Christ, light comes in. Why don't you turn with me to Matthew, the fifth chapter, verse 14 through 16, tells us this. Ye are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. 
Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. See, he's telling us that we're the light of the world. That we no longer walk in darkness, but in light. So how did we get that light? Turn with me to John, the eighth chapter, verse 12. It says, And then Jesus spake again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And so at the moment you accepted Christ, at the moment you decided that you were going to change your mind and follow him of life, see, life breathed on the inside of you. And that life is totally different than anything the world has to offer. There's a light shining through that life of knowing Jesus Christ. See, God breathed his life again into you at that very moment. And you became alive. And now there's light flowing through you. And it looks like this to the world. Why is he always going to church? Why is she praying to a God she can't see. Why are they coming early on Saturday morning, spending all day studying his word, praying? That's crazy. They teenagers. They need to be out enjoying life that's truly death. And so they scratch their head and they say, what is this? And maybe they take a moment to just look sideways and look at you and examine just a little bit to see if it's truly real. Are you going to walk the talk? Are you going to live up to what you're saying? And even though it's hard and even though it's challenging to walk that straight line, maybe that line is a little bit crooked and it goes to the left and it goes to the right, but you stay the course. You stay trusting him. And maybe just for a moment, they don't see you anymore. They're able to catch a glimpse of something in you. And it shines bright. Just like they, just like Paul saw Stephen. Just like he saw Ananias, who was fearful of him, but went and served him. And he saw the light 
of Jesus. And so Paul is reminding us, he's saying, you are no longer of this world. You are no longer of darkness, but you are of light. So we should have nothing to fear from the coming of the day. No matter what happens around us, winds and storms, trials and tribulations, he's saying to us, remember who you are. Simba, remember. Because you serve a great king. See, turn with me to the book of Luke, the 21st chapter. Jesus is speaking of this. He's reminding us that there will be calamity and there will be. We see a crisis here in Luke, the 21st chapter, verse 25 and 26. It says, and there shall be signs in the sun and and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Verse 26, men's hearts failing them for fear. See, the world is in great fear right now if you haven't realized that. For looking after those things which are coming on the earth. They're looking at it. They're fearful. It goes on to say, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. See, there's a time coming. What that's talking about is the heavens, the atmosphere, The universe that we live in belongs to God. And there are, scientists have have studied and realized that there are atomic and subatomic forces in the universe. And so they've came up with all of these ideas of evolution and how all of this came together. But there is a day coming when the atmosphere, the heavens, they will shake at the very voice of God. And it will show to all that they're not in control of this world. And the atmosphere is not in control. It is God and God alone. And at the moment that we see that, shortly after, and I can't tell you the shortly after, whether it's a day, a year, 10 years, But the Bible says, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. See, that word power means deutimus. It means inherent power. See, maybe we've watched the movies and maybe we've watched the Avengers and we see a moment of the Avengers and, and, and the sky rumbles and the things and the waves move and all of a sudden one of the Avengers comes out and is floating in the air. 
See, you don't have nothing on our Jesus. And all of his splendor and his glory. The Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. See, there's going to be some shock and awe that Jesus is Lord. And so he's reminding us, saints of God, you are no longer in darkness. You no longer have to fear any of that. Will there be trials and tribulations? Yes. Will we have to endure? Absolutely. Look with, with me in that same chapter, verse 20, 20, chapter 21, verse 12. It says this, but before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. Follow it, therefore, in your hearts what ye shall answer. He's telling us that there's going to be some trials. There's going to be some persecution. But because you have the light of life living inside of you, you have light. In you. He says, study to show yourself approved unto God. Rightfully dividing the word of truth. Get ready, get ready, get ready. And don't try to craft up what you need to say. and what, Because it's in you. And you've hid his word in your heart. It'll come out at the right time. The right season. There'll be somebody that's needing to hear from you because of what God has done for you and how he's spoken into you you'll be ready to share it with somebody else look at verse 17 and you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake but there shall not an hair of your head perish and your in your patience possess ye your souls he said, I got it. Every hair on your head and the lack thereof, he's going to preserve it. He says, be patient. Hold on to your, allow the patience of God to keep your mind, will, and emotions. Don't get stirred up by Corona. Don't get perplexed by Black Lives Matter. Don't allow yourself to be moved from the promises of God. Stand. Trusting him. And know that you are not of darkness, but you are of light. And that light is a city set on a hill being ready to shine brightly before men and women that someone would be saved from the destruction of this world and be brought into newness of life. So he challenges us. Look at verse 34 of that same chapter. Here's what Jesus is saying to us in chapter 21 of Luke. 
verse 34, and take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with suffering and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that they come upon you unawares. He said, examine, have moral vigilance over your own life, over your soul, over your body, over your conversations. Have moral village that comes from studying and, and allowing God to speak to us and remind us and we walk in obedience so that our hearts are not overcharged with excess, with the gluttony of this world, that it gets heavy. And we're so concerned about me, myself, and I and being filled with the things of this world and the comforts of this world that we miss it, that we get intoxicated and drunk with the, with, with the comforts of America and the cares of this life. It's been a challenging time for all of us. There's a lot of things that we've been thinking about and talking about and praying through. But he says, take heed. Don't let it surprise you. Don't let it catch you unaware. Because these things must happen. See, what I've learned in, in my few short years that if I never had a test of trial, I wouldn't know that God could solve. That many times God allows trouble, tr trouble and tribulation to come in our lives so that we would just call out. And there are a lot of people in our society now that's looking around, they're searching, they're wondering what is all this darkness about? What is it all happening? And we have an opportunity to share the life of God in us. And so turn back with me in the book of First Thessalonians. He says some things that I want to challenge us with. One, he says, be children of light. In verse 5, you are the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of night nor darkness. So don't act like it. He goes on to say, therefore, let us not sleep. So this is one of the only places in the scripture, there's a few others, that when we use the word sleep, it's not talking about death. Many times in the scriptures when we see the word sleep, it's, it's talking about death. But right here it's talking about slumber. Get lazy. Be indifferent or lukewarm when it comes to the word of God. In the things of God. Don't allow it to just go into one ear and, and out the other. But hold on to the promises of God. Don't sleep on it. Don't miss all the, 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 the blessings that God has for you by sleeping through it. 
I met a friend one time. He told me, he said, I slept through school. I missed so much. If I just would have been awake. Turn with me to Proverbs, the sixth chapter, verse 9. The book of wisdom. He writes, how long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep and a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shalt thou poverty come as one that travaileth, and thy want as an armed man. See, most of the time when we get in trouble or we miss it, it's because we're sleeping through it. We're not being intentional. We miss all the blessings and the purpose of life that God has for us. That little box that went from when I was growing up, you had five channels. And they went off at midnight, right? It, it was snowy. You didn't see anything. And so that meant you needed to get up and go to bed and get ready for the next door. We were intentional about at some point you need to cut it off and go to sleep and, and be ready for the next day. But then over time, something happened. It went from five channels to 15. Then it went from 15 to 25, and now it's hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds, 24-7. And I remember one of my sons telling me one time, he said, Dad, I have, to, I have to turn it off because I got to a point where I just was like, meh. And just got lazy and got tired and, 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 and couldn't function. And I saw that it wasn't good for me. So what I realized is we can sleep through this world. That's just one way. We can medicate ourselves through this world with a lot of different things and miss all that God has for us. And so he challenges us, Paul says in, in 1 Thessalonians, to not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. It's that word sober means to understand, to be clear, to have sobriety of mind and heart and spirit, and not to, to be intoxicated with the things of this world, but to be sober. And it goes a little step farther to allow God to speak truth into our lives. That sobers us up. That's better than coffee. That wakes us up. And we go, now I know truth. Now let me walk in it. Let me trust him. Let me be sober and have an understanding of everything that I do so that darkness won't come and creep back in. Because even as saved believers, darkness can come in and creep into our lives. And it can be the little subtle things that can take us off the plan that God has for us. And so I'm so thankful that our teens were willing to Spend a day 
with the Lord. Don't let that be the only day. Fight for your faith. Fight to stay sober. Fight to not sleep. Fight to be children of light. Because he made it so. We are being prepared and fashioned for a great season. I look around this room and I see mighty warriors for God. Willing to stand in the gap for somebody. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's an enemy. And they despitefully use you and persecute you and come against you. And you feel a little bit of that darkness from that persecution. And there's a part of you that says, I can handle this a certain way. But I'm of light. See what the semantic language means when he calls us a son of light. It means that we do the things that represent that light. We act according to that life of that light that lives inside of us. And so we stand on those promises, not on the way the world does it. Not in darkness anymore. That's no longer who we are. And now we can step out in it. For he is the light of the world. 1 John 1, 6 and 7 says this, and I'll leave you with this. 1 John 1, 6 and 7. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sins. Saints of God, we have such a special calling on our life. We get to represent God and all of his power and his majesty and his holiness. We get to be ambassadors for Jesus Christ in his suffering and his sacrifice for you and I. In his willing to serve all of mankind. And his willingness to step out of life, to step out of light into darkness, to bring light. And so there's some gonna be some times that it's just feeling like you stepped right into darkness. Have you been there? And God is saying, let your light shine. 
Let them be perplexed. Let them wonder. Because I'm with you. No matter where you go, no matter what you encounter, every hair on your head will be preserved. And on that great day, when the heavens rumble, when the earth quakes, he's coming back in all of his power and his majesty and his church is with him. You and I are with him because we are not darkness. We are of the light. Amen? Let's give God a high cup of prayer. We thank you, Father, for sending Jesus, for loving us so much that you sent your only begotten Son that if we would believe, we would be saved, delivered, and set free. We thank you, Father, and we give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.